right, man, we are live this uh, Wednesday. Oh, no, wait, no, it's Thursday, March the 3rd, 2022. And hopefully joining me here in just a little bit will be Ajax the Griff, who's one of the hosts of the Civil Discord podcast. And uh, so really hope that she gets in here pretty soon. Uh, send her a message and everything with the link. So hopefully she'll be online here pretty soon. But other than that, we've had a, a crazy couple of weeks now. Uh, it seems that uh, Vladimir Putin has decided to uh, go over into the eastern part of the former Ukraine, uh, also known as the, uh, the Donbass region, and uh, set up shop and try to protect some Russians over there. And uh, we'll probably be talking about that a little bit uh, with Amanda here in just a little bit. Uh, speak of the devil and she shall appear. Howdy, Amanda. howdy. How are you? How's it going? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, I'm excited because we're riding the lightning because I have no clue what we're going to talk about. And so I'm, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, usually when I set these up, it's uh, it's kind of dependent on what's going on at the time. And uh, it seems uh, just seems like everything is going on at the time. Uh, but before we get to all that, Amanda, for those that don't know you and your wonderful personality and your uh, and your cool hair. <laughs> it's, it's it, Yeah, it's working. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I'm Amanda. I am one half of the Civil Discord podcast. We're on Twitter at Civil Discord Pod. That's uh, the uh, the tag right below. And yep. uh, we are in your ears on all your finest and even sub-fine podcasting platforms. We are also in front of your eyes on YouTube. You just search for Civil Discord Podcast and we will appear. Uh, Maurice is my co-host and he's amazing and you should have him on too because he's, he's super rad. I, I definitely will uh, send it out. I'm always uh, hitting up guests yes. to, to be on the show to uh, wax poetic with me and uh, basically drink and have a good time. So Always down for that. Always. And, <laughs> and your camera seems to be fixed because when I first met you, you had a ghost yeah. haunting your camera and it yes. kept on zooming in and out. Dark Tom Woods decided he was going to change up tactics and uh, make my camera go wonky and make it zoom in on my face when I didn't want it to. Nobody wants to get that close. And uh, so I had to completely uninstall the camera and reinstall it. And that seems to have worked. All right. So yeah, no, hopefully... it's very steady. Yeah. So uh, Dark Tom Woods likes to uh, change up the uh, the tactics every now and then. Uh, he, he zapped uh, the internet for uh, my host for my guest for Tuesday. Uh, it was uh, Jose Galasson, and uh, oh. for whatever reason, his internet was out like all night. So, <laughs> oh, so he migrates. Yes, yeah. he, he likes to he likes to change it up from time to time because regular Tom Woods will help out his fellow libertarian podcasters whenever he can, and Dark Tom Woods is the exact opposite. He's like a horrible neocon. You know, he thinks smoking the uh, the devil's lettuce is the worst thing of all, all time. And he will actively try to uh, thwart our efforts to uh, get a good podcast out there. So, is he like Marianne Williamson's Dark Psychic Force? Is that similar? I I hope not. Okay. Because I would think that Marianne Williamson's Dark Psychic Force is, uh, you know, probably a little more evil. We're talking like Palpatine levels of evil. Here. Yeah, sounds <laughs> sounds gross. Sounds nasty. Which, by the way, uh, regular Marianne Williams uh, out there uh, just. Yikes. <laughs> she, yeah, yeah. Her, I mean, she could be haunting your camera for all for all we know. Uh, she could, uh, that seems like something that she could do. She could channel that energy, I believe. Yeah, she probably could, especially after I accused her of uh, smoking the healing crystals meth. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. the other day, because uh, she, she posted out a, a horrible tweet about the Ukraine thing. And I was like, oh, oh, dear. Dumb, oh dear. dumb, dumb, dumb woman, you. <laughs> yes. So I had to get on there and mansplain all over the place. It was kind of fun. Oh, that's, yeah, that's, that's always fun though. I mean, it, it is your duty as, as a man to mansplain all the things. <laughs> I, firmly I, I like to think so. Yeah. I, I always have fun on the, uh, on the Twitter because sometimes I'll retweet something and I'll say, please mark the date and time. A woman has laughed at my joke. <laughs> a woman has followed my instructions to the letter. It's, it's always fun. Yeah. Oh, and we have notoriously horrible senses of humor and direction. So, <laughs> you know, it's always a big deal. Yes. I mean, where would you be without us still getting lost. in your way? You're still, still lost. lost. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to ask Siri, yeah. some other robot. Yeah. And also voiced by a woman. So there you go. There you go. See, that's why I don't trust it. <laughs> you, you just can't. You just can't. No. Yeah. It's like, uh, hey, wiretap. Yeah. What's going on with this? Can you feed a cat pancakes? 
And she says yes, but I mean, really, you shouldn't be feeding your cat pancakes. I mean, they want no, mice. Not at all. No, cats they should want be mice ketogenic. And birds. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely not. I had a cat who ate popcorn. I don't think it helped him. Anyway, no. No. No, probably not. Yeah, I had uh, I've, I've had a whole bunch of cats over my years. I've had uh, one really strange cat, and uh, this little guy—I I say little—I mean his head was as big as my fist, which is huge. He weighed like 25 pounds. He was a, he was a big male oh, cat. Wow. Yeah, and uh, he was never properly socialized, so he loved the shit out of me. So every morning at about two o'clock in the morning, he would like sit there and do the headbutt thing yeah. and want to love on me. I was like, I, I'm, I'm trying to sleep, buddy. I, I love yeah. you too. Give you a little kiss. Mwah. Let's go. <laughs> Get off I've, me. <laughs> I've had cats and I've had ferrets. And ferrets are fantastic. I highly recommend ferrets to anyone who's not yes. familiar with them. Yeah. Ferrets are awesome. They, they've been awesome all the way since the 1980s. Yeah. Uh, with the movie Beastmaster, they, he had two of them, Kodo and Poto. Yes. And you should get ferrets in, in pairs, at least two ferrets, because they do get lonely. Yes. And you have to get two. You have to get yeah. them in, in a pair. And, and hopefully they like each other. Yeah. Yeah. Mine did. Um, but yeah, they've got personalities too. Like no two ferrets are alike. Oh. That's that's been my experience. Like you, you can find some that are mean, and then you like get the lovey-dovey ones too. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But here is a little-known fact most people don't know: ferrets have actually been domesticated longer than cats have. I knew that because I was trying. Because when I was <laughs> when we got my ferrets, I had to convince my parents that we should get them. And of course, what my parents always did. This was so selective, by the way. Like they didn't actually care about this, but they tried to convince <laughs> me not to get ferrets by saying, "Well, Amanda, they're supposed to be out in the wild." Like they're supposed to be running free. Yeah, that's like every animal. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I told and I told them that because I found out how long ferrets had been domesticated. And yeah, you mostly just see stoats and weasels nowadays running around, but nobody's trying to have a stoat for a pet. No, nor would you, because stoats yeah. are very mean. Highly so are martins, and yeah, just don't just leave them alone. <laughs> yeah, wake up every day and choose violence. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't really matter how much bigger you are than a stoat or a martin, because they they will go after you. They don't care. They don't care. With the vicious uh, tone and rhetoric of that of the unhinged, uh, <laughs> blue-haired uh, hippopotamus out there with a nose ring. So, yeah, Antifa stoats and and Martin. Antifa stoats. Yeah. <laughs> Top lobster, get on it. Uh, anyways, so uh, we've had a whole bunch of crazy shit go on uh, the last couple weeks. Uh, yeah. Decided Putin had had enough of NATO uh, being on his doorstep, so he decided he was going to uh, liberate those of. Uh, Donetsk and Luhansk, uh, the eastern part of Ukraine that split in 2014. Yes. Yeah, and I've had nothing but fun asking uh, corporate journalists just the simple question, what happened in 2014? <laughs> and just watching them get ass mad about it. Because for those that don't know, those two different parts of uh, eastern Ukraine decided they were going to separate from the rest of Ukraine in 2014. So they technically are not the Ukraine. They're their own separate entities. Mm -hmm. But he didn't stop at Donetsk and Luhansk, did he? No, no, he decided he was just going to go all the way to Kiev to uh, root out Nazis. He was going to denazify the Ukraine. The Nazi Jewish president. That's what he was going to, yeah. It's a mind bender, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's another one that will make a corporate, head, uh, corporate journalist head blow up. It's just like, okay, what is the Azov Battalion? Do you know what the symbol actually is, you know? Right. And there is, and there, I think you are, you're correct that there is that one uh, more nationalistic battalion. Uh, but by and large, I, I would not consider Ukraine to have a, a Nazified government. So. No, I mean, it's like all of the, um, what we would consider like the unorganized militia here, they, ha they have those over there. And that's right. like right sector, the Azov Battalion, the Galatians right. SS. Who, and the Galatian SS is literally the sons and grandsons of actual Nazis from the mm -hmm. 1940s. Right. It'd, it'd so. be like saying, you know, all, all the people in, like, you know, America is composed of, of the the neo-Nazis in Charlottesville. Um, yeah. But, yeah. They, they, what, 15 that showed up there? Something like that. It was like... I don't know the number. You might know the number, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for the most part, it was like the the thing at Charlottesville was like, okay, we're gonna come and we're just gonna protest them taking down the statue, and then all of a sudden, like people in khaki shorts and tiki torches showed up, and then you're like, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I just saw a drone fly by my window. It was interesting. A legit drone. I, I'm just gonna have to tell you, like I tell all of my friends in California, just get out of there. 
I'm trying. Can uh, I tell you? I'm trying so hard. I'm in Los Angeles, and yeah, I, yeah, and the worst part. I'm, I'm. I don't know, San Francisco. I'm trying. I, you know, I've had several. Yeah, San Francisco, I think, is is worse than than Los Angeles. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I've I'm at UCLA. I'm I'm a PhD student, and I've had several long sit downs with myself in my head, and trying to start uh, a career in journalism now and so i'm trying and yeah if, if anyone <laughs> uh happens to be watching this and has received my materials i will i will be so grateful i will be the most diligent little worker worker bee you could ever possibly dream of yeah and the only thing that we can really ask of you is just like do like actual real journalism instead yeah. of this fake i'm just going to read a press release given to right. me by my overlords yeah no, and I always try to do that. I mean, I mean, news and analysis—that's that's my jam. But I, you know, always try to be fair, and I know that you do too. So, yeah, I try to give it a fair shake. I, I'm usually going to uh, find a whole bunch of different sources, and I know that somewhere the truth is kind of like in the middle of all of those, because every different site that you go to and all the sources you look at, they do have a bent one way or the other. So, mm -hmm. it's just trying to figure it all that out for yourself. So, yep, yep. It's kind of tough. It's kind of tough out there. Especially when the when the deck is stacked against us, as it is, as as it often is. But you know that that makes it more fun. It makes it more exciting. A little bit more challenging. Yeah, yeah. You know, it would be it would be kind of boring otherwise. Just like <laughs> sitting watching Netflix, having all of Twitter agree with you. It sounds really dull. Yeah, and you know, they, then they want to get onto Twitter and then start reporting people's posts to get them banned off of the thing, so to secure their echo chamber. Right. 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 Yeah, to me, it's like that's what makes Twitter fun. Sometimes is you got to get out there and you got to you know upset a blue check, and hopefully you get a whole bunch of mentions from it while you're at it. So do you do that? Do, do you just kind of you yeah, that's post? yeah, that's kind of my uh, I've been called a post hijacker before. So it's <laughs> yeah. So my uh, my golden rule with Twitter is uh, make your friends laugh first. You know, you got to make sure you get the hahas out, and then mm -hmm. go after a blue check. Right. You know, it's kind right. of like balanced as all right. things should be. Right. Well, and you're never trying to change uh, the blue check mind. You're 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 trying to you know it's it's like you're you're writing for the people who are going to see that and not have their mind made up. And those people do exist. Um, yes. And so it's you know and if nothing else, it helps you know uh, replenishes the arsenal of talking points. If nothing else. <laughs> yeah, very true. It's a lot of times when I'm uh, going after somebody on a blue and I went after several of them before uh, coming on live tonight. So uh, <laughs> I may or may not have a Twitter account when I get back, but we'll see. Yeah. So I already know that I'm not really talking to that person because yeah, nine times out of 10, if they've got, you know, a couple hundred thousand followers, they've probably got some social media manager out there that's pushing out tweets for them. Oh, yeah. 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 So, I mean, they're not actually reading it. Um, and, you know, you get people like Joe Rogan, who only gets on Twitter to promote a, a show or something, and then he logs off of Twitter. You know, right. he's, he's not on there engaging with the with the post at all. But, yeah, that's all for the people down below reading the comments afterwards. Mm -hmm. Now, journalists, I would believe that some of them are, are on Twitter because they're they're very online people. But I would imagine, yeah. you know, any, any politician. I, I used to work in PR way back when, and I, I did the social media <laughs> tweets. And it was, it was first thing in the morning, he's just sending the tweets and... You schedule the retweets and it, yeah, yeah. It's, oh, I always feel so badly for people's ghostwriters because I've been there and I see you <laughs> and I know when I see an op-ed that it's not, like, I don't believe Ted Cruz knows a single thing about Bitcoin. I really don't. No, I, it's all, none of them do. None of yeah, them do. it's all from Stafford. Ted Cruz realized that Bitcoin was cool with the kids and he got his staffer and was like, write me all of this stuff to say about Bitcoin. And, and the Stafford did, and everyone's like, oh, Ted Cruz is so evolved and educated on Bitcoin. It makes my blood boil. Ted Cruz no, knows no, nothing not. about Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually take that back. I know one politician who probably knows quite a bit about Bitcoin, and that was Brad Sherman, mm -hmm. because he actually came out and said, like, he's like, oh, they're, they're looking to replace the dollar. I was like, yes. <laughs> I would bet that Cynthia Lummis knows about Bitcoin. She seems, she seems invested, uh, but no, I don't think... Ted Cruz, uh, political yeah. opportunist that he is, transparent political opportunist that he is, uh, knows. Yeah, he's he's very out and open with, it was like, oh, no, this is going to get me two more extra percentage points in the polls the next time. Yeah. Right, right. And but for yeah, that's reason, like, you know. Every, every time I see the, uh, the, the, the macaroni salad in chief post, uh, 
I always I always start those off with uh, to the social media goon who actually wrote this. Quit your job. Yeah. And then and we'll just start taking point by point on the on the tweet that came out. I'll bet they're trying. I I know very few people who enjoy ghostwriting. It's it's sanctioned plagiarism. That's all it is. Yeah. It's it's idea. I got to imagine it's soul sucking at the same time. It is. It's like a type of prostitution, but it's not fun. I mean, you don't even climax. It's just honestly, I would go in every day, and it's like you're writing junk food. And and you know, as someone who loves writing, it Ooh, really cheapens the I art like of that. writing. Writing junk food. Yeah, you are. Is it just cheapens the art of writing because it's just churn out mm. what? And again, it was. I enjoyed what I enjoyed about PR is you get to really know other people's perspectives and you get to embody them. And fortunately, I liked my clients. Um, we, I had fantastic clients. I got to learn a lot. Um, yeah. and, and I really did enjoy building relationships with them and sort of embodying their voice in my writing. But at the same time, the, you just, you can't really get past the fact that you're, I wouldn't want someone to write my tweets. I wouldn't want someone to, uh, to write op-eds in my name. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of somebody that I could get to like write my tweets for me. And then they would just look at me. I was like, I I'm not typing that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no. Yeah. So when he said writing junk food, like the first thing that came to mind was the, uh, the phrase word salad, but like here, like from a Southerner's perspective of what a salad is, it's usually like jello whipped cream. Like it's like mayonnaise. nothing that you would expect a salad to be. Yeah. That's kind of what it is. It was interesting. I, I would I would have several experiences where, because, you know, you'd be on call all the time. So I'd wake up in the morning and the first thing I would see is an email like, we need a statement from so-and-so on this thing. And so half asleep, I would groggily punch out something and send it over. I'd be like, they loved it. They loved it. It was great. So, yeah. That's, that's quite the gig, though. I mean, if you can just pump something out in a, in a few minutes and then it's just like, oh, yeah, that was great. It was like, you're not going <laughs> to proofread it? <laughs> no, I mean, of course they'd look through it, but, uh, oh, okay. yeah. you know, I, I fortunately have, I try to have a good editorial eye, but everything gets past you sometimes. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and even on my side, you know, I'm civil designer. If I'm looking at a drawing, like for the same drawings, like, you know, day after day, I'm going to miss stuff. If, if oh, I course. go through it too, too close, it's always okay. good to have like a fresh set of eyes on it. It's like, Oh yeah, by the way, you missed this line right over here. Yeah. Uh, I definitely know that editorial process a little bit. So, but um, yeah, the uh, POTUS put out a good one today, the macaroni salad in chief. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He was talking about uh, guns being the only industry that has uh, liability protection. And I was like, no, there's vaccine makers that also enjoy <laughs> liability from uh, their faulty products too. Quite true. Know. Quite true. No. And, and yeah, it's, it's not as though, you know, you sue a, a car manufacturer if you get into a car accident unless it has to do with a specific glitch related to the car. Yeah. So it's a very, very interesting take. Yeah. It, it, anybody who's uh, kind of been driving for a while, I mean, we all kind of remember the Ford Explorer disaster of like the early 2000s where they were uh, sent out like faulty wheels and tires and people were getting into wrecks oh, all over the place. And yikes. Ford got almost sued into the ground. And you got to imagine a major car manufacturer <laughs> Nearly right. had to go belly up because of it. Right, right. Yeah, but in the uh, the 1980s, old Ronald Reagan said, well, going to give you boys well, a vaccine liability. I'll provide you liability, <laughs> and I won't hold it against you. Yeah, no. I, I, that was before my time, unfortunately. I, yeah. yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, I was, I was a little boy at the time, so it's like a, it, was a, it was one of those fun things. Oh, so you have Cold War memories. Yes. Yes, I do. Uh, I remember the Thanksgiving Day Parade, the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. It was like 1987. Might have been 88. And I remember sitting and watching it. And then uh, my dad pointed out, he goes, look, they got Ruskies on that float. I was like, huh? What's that? He goes, those are Russians. They look like us, don't they? I was like, yeah, they're humans, right? He goes, no, nah, they're commies. I was like, oh, oh okay. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Wow. <laughs> Not a very nuanced position. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah. Uh, that's just how it was. That's just how it was. I mean, we just, uh, it was like, oh, oh, they look like people, but they're not actually, no, no they're commies. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I you know, I, I work hard. I, I try to make sure that no matter how much I hate someone, you know, I'll, I work hard never to call them a monster or something 
other than human. Yeah, otherization yeah. is like yeah. terrible. We shouldn't really be doing that. I mean, except for politicians, because they, you know, they're lizards. We know that. So. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, it, it's. I think it's also important to emphasize that when people do evil things, they are people, and therefore we. It, it's also almost a warning to us. Like this, this is a human capacity to do this horrible thing. So not putting yeah. at a distance evil. Yeah, just recognize that, uh, you know, it's the old cliche thing. You have uh, two wolves within you, and it depends on which one gets bigger is which one you feed the most. You know, mm -hmm. you have a good wolf and a bad wolf at the same time. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, everyone has that capacity for evil. And it's just so funny that, uh, you know, political power and money and everything tends to be the uh, tends, tends to be motive with a universal adapter on it. <laughs> it can it can seem that way yeah and unless unless and until checked appropriately yeah yeah so I, it, you know everyone likes to bring up that lord acton quote of uh absolute power corrupts absolutely and everything it's yeah, and it's, it's a great misapplied. quote yeah yeah and it yeah and it's it's usually misapplied because was the point that it corrupts the people around the person i mean it's, yeah. it's still the same principle but yeah yeah and the thing is uh, uh you know, we're talking about Nazis and everything. You know, Hitler couldn't get done anything if nobody was doing the things that he was telling people to do. Right. You know, so it's like that whole, just that whole machine starts gearing up. And next thing you know, you've got people getting put on board trains to go to work camps, you know, yeah. to make fun of them because uh, they believed all the Jews were were uh, communist. So that's, that's why you saw, you know, work makes you free. Because mm -hmm. that's all they cared about was the work, right? Mm -hmm. So that... So it was uh, more of mocking them when they uh, when they showed up at the uh, at the camps and everything. But yeah, so again, you couldn't have any of it done if the, the lieutenants, generals, and the little politician weasels underneath them just didn't click their heels and uh, goose step along with his orders. So yeah, yeah, and it's it's very easy to do. I mean, we we act like we're at such a distance from that, um, yeah, but that it's was like eighty years ago. Well, yeah, it was eighty <laughs> years ago, and I mean, it's 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 something that we we see how we can follow so quickly we will we'll, we'll follow along what someone says when it's convenient or when it's easy or when it makes sense or when there's other stuff going on and we don't want to need to think critically about something so it's yeah. you know it's good very, example very the last two years yeah yeah um it's it's very easy again to dehumanize your opponent right it's very easy to have a reason to hate yeah. uh and we're not at all at a distance from from those sentiments no and and one thing to keep in mind is that you know, that is a person under there uh in their mind they believe they're the good guy and you're the bad guy for questioning what they're doing or standing yeah. in their way so. yeah yeah no i mean i think I, I said at one point on the podcast the barometer for courage is not public opinion you're you're not if, if you're being the hero the the world is not going to think that you're the hero in the moment that you are often i mean you know that doesn't mean that everyone who's doing horrible things and getting chided for it is in fact heroic but yeah it's that it's, it's an unreliable metric for whether or not you are you know your values hold up is seeing if everyone around you is supporting it yeah and even with the uh, the court of public opinion and everything, you know, you got to look at the uh, the media and everything around it. That's uh, definitely has one way of uh, talking about stuff because you know they get their press release and it's like, oh well, this is the story apparently, so we'll just go yeah. from here. Yeah. But that's why we need uh, good people like you getting into the industry <laughs> to straighten trying, it out. <laughs> trying, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there's no better time because we got things like uh, Medium and Substack, and you know, you're seeing like. Gren Greenwald, who's making like what a couple hundred thousand dollars a month off of his Substack. Yeah, no, and I mean that's the thing too is it is if if world events weren't such as they are, I might be content to remain in academia. Um, but first of all, I've come to the conclusion that the university experience no longer belongs to academia. That if you want to find a community of people who share similar passions as you do, if you want to teach and you want to learn about infinite things um, and if you want your words to reach people and have an impact if, if you want to in you know if you want to inspire others to think critically and deeply that is more and more getting done not certainly not in all outlets but the the arena in which that can be done extends far outside academia um, 
and especially with everything that's that's going on today, it just seems it it seems more prudent and even more of an imperative to you know to be doing something that reaches more people i guess yeah yeah definitely and uh it, it, academia I and mean, when you hear some of the horror stories that have come out of there i mean you're just like yeah this is, you're not reaching anybody and it's like a and you talk to some of the students nowadays and they're just like, I, I don't believe anything that they're telling me. I'm just mm-hmm. saying what I have to say in order to get that B in the class so I yeah. can graduate and get out of there. It's rough. And, you know, fortunately, UCLA, you know, the professors and the students are fantastic. And there's a lot of appreciation for ideological diversity. But in terms of the the administration and their policies of the last two years, and uh, UCLA is certainly not unique in this unfortunately um it just it shows really a disregard for for individuality and community together and students enrichment Uh, and it's it's very troubling yeah especially when you're telling them it's like no you can't come to school it it doesn't matter if you're not exhibiting symptoms we know that you're spreading disease and you're like well we haven't done that before yeah and still an n95 mandate in uh in schools and universities los angeles yeah that kills me. Yeah. Yeah. It was like uh, one of the blue checks I was uh, bullying, cyberbullying before we came on was uh, uh, Governor uh, Hockule over there in New York who said that oh. they were going to keep their kids in, in masks. <laughs> and all of this terrible. because DeSantis was caught on a hot mic where he was uh, telling the students they didn't have to wear masks because they're not doing anything while he was doing a press event. Yeah. And I was like, even that, I was like, <sighs> I was like, I, I understand the frustration with the whole thing, and you don't want the, the kids to wear masks and everything. But it was really f- kind of funny to watch, like, some of the kids' faces. It was like, oh, yeah, no problem. I'll take this shit right off right yeah. now. I don't care. No, this politics of one-upsmanship is, is crazy um, and and horrible because, you know, the, the people who, who who are being sacrificed are are the kids, are, are yeah. people who do, don't, have, don't have a dog in that fight and don't have a way out. Yeah, I mean, they're just kind of the, uh, it was like, oh, the adults are telling me to do this thing, and then I've got other adults telling me to do this thing. They're just kind of caught in the crossfire the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, <sighs> But yeah, it's, uh, I, I think the nonsense is going to continue, because I'm now starting to see more posts of people like, well, you're not taking my mask away from me. Fine. I like, oh, I'm not trying to. Go. That, like, that was literally all choice. we asked for, is just for you not to bother us with it <laughs> yeah no that then that's the thing is like when, when people you know when when people are like oh my gosh joy behar is saying that she'll wear a mask forever fine i don't great good a, mom, a, go for it. yeah i <laughs> if that's what makes you feel better like again you normalize yeah. people doing things differently from you yeah it's because it, i'm not the boss of you i'm not your parent you know and a lot of bad bad stuff has come from adults trying to parent other adults yeah, yeah. You, you just can't do it. You, yeah. Joy Behar, if you want to wear a mask everywhere you go, 24 hours a day, knock yourself out. I mean, literally knock yourself out from the lack of oxygen. But at the same time, it's it's like, this is all we've been asking for. If you want to wear a mask, fine. If you don't, fine. That's yeah. that's literally yeah. it. That's all we wanted. It's, it's yeah. empowering. You would think that you would want to empower students. You'd want to empower, you'd want to empower people, but... Yeah, I mean, I even see the same thing when I go to pick up my son at school. You know, they, they don't have a mask mandate in, in, in place anymore. Good. So when I pick him up, of course, he's dropped it. He doesn't wear that shit anymore. So it's like, I was like, why are, why are your friends still wearing it? And he goes, they're parents. I was like, oh. Yeah. I was like, I feel, yeah. I feel bad for him, man. And he was like, he's like, yeah, yeah. And then some of them, they just do it because they don't want to feel left out when their friends mm-hmm. are still doing it. I was like, oh, the peer pressure. I love yeah. it. Yeah. No, it's hard. I mean, whatever happened to, I, you know, I would hope that they would do what I did when I was a kid and I would try to like go to middle school with super, super short skirts. And my mom would be like, Maddie, you have to pull down your skirt. And so I would, <laughs> but then I would mark on, on my thigh with a pen where I wanted to hike it up to when I got to the bathroom and I would just you know, roll it up and, you know, good to go. So I don't know, just be sure to measure twice and cut once. So. <laughs> oh, I was a little demon. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. That's that's not the worst story I've heard coming out of middle school. But it's uh, the worst yeah. thing I did in middle school. <laughs> oh, really? So please tell us. Do go on. <laughs> I, I honestly, I was a fairly obedient child. Um, I did. 
fairly heavy obedient. quotations on no, that. No, I mean, you know, you just have to, you just have to have like a one outlet for all of your disobedience, and then it's fine. What did I do? I well, I would sneak around with guys. Um, I remember one point a very ill-fated trip to. It was going to be a trip to. Um, a bowling alley with my friends, but I had conspired to meet up with the guy that I was then secretly dating. We were gonna, mm. He was going to pick me up at the bowling alley. And just to show you how old school this is, we were then going to go to Fuddruckers. Um, oh, good old Fuddruckers. <laughs> I made I the mistake know. once of ordering a salad at Fuddruckers. You know the size of the bowl that they bring that salad it's out in? It's huge. I think I did it's order a, a salad punch that bowl. Time. Yeah. A punch bowl. It's enormous. I think, and I did order a salad. Um, which, which was a mistake, but yeah, so I, you know, make, meet up with this guy and I'm not five minutes into sitting at the table with a little buzzer. I get a call from my friend, Kate. She goes, Amanda, you need to come back here. Your dad's here at the bowling alley, like Whoops. just to check on me, I guess. And so she said, I told him you were in the bathroom. I'm like, how, why did you do that? Because now I have to walk through the bowling alley and go into the bathroom without being noticed. Yeah. And it was it was a, a whole a whole thing. It was so, it was a whole thing. Yeah. Uh, I yes. Yeah. The, the the fun fun times of youth. Secretly applied to universities too. Cuz my Secret. my parents <laughs> This How this does one is like secretly applied to a university. Dorky rebellious Amanda. So my parents rule was that I needed to apply only to schools in the East Coast and uh, at least 3 in my home state. And so, of it course, seems like fairly arbitrary for rules, I guess <laughs> they were very protective. Um, and uh, my strategy in response was to apply only to schools in California. And at the time I was I was acting, I was going to go and study acting, which I still love doing. And um, I yeah, I see I applied in secret to um, to use California schools and had a plan to even do a secret audition yeah, like mutual yeah. friend over here is telling on you she was trying to go to arizona state and get her party on i did have a roommate uh my first year of undergrad uh from arizona from from you know party areas um but yeah we were even my friends and i same friends same bowling alley friends um these great people we were gonna like plan a bowling alley friends yeah get plan yours a today. friend trip to new york at which time it would be scheduled during the times when these schools are coming around having these nationwide auditions. And so I'd be auditioning in New York. Fortunately, my parents came around before then. I was able to audition and be admitted in Los Angeles. But yeah, so secretly applied to, secretly to undergrad. Applied. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to thwart the parents' dreams of uh, being a helicopter parent for you. <laughs> they, they, they got over it, kind of. Uh, I can imagine. That was probably shocked. He's like, you did what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I never applied to my safety school. <laughs> Yeah, uh, as for me, the uh, the rebellious streak just came from uh, just generally being a dickhead at school. It was like, yeah, uh, yeah it, it was like, uh, I, I'm not going to do that. No, I'm not going to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. You know, <laughs> it was breeding that little anarchist spirit like right at the beginning. Of course, of course. You know, heading out back to smoke a cigarette with the art teacher because she was cool like that. Yeah, oh, yeah. So. No, that was in high school. We did that a lot. I went to a very unconventional high school. We, yeah, <laughs> we had all kinds of crazy teachers. Yeah, uh, one morning uh, we caught that art teacher also uh, taking a rip off of a J, and yeah. uh, and we got offered. So yeah, no, that was a Tuesday at my high school. That was yeah. just like yeah, th this was Walker, Louisiana, where you know if you get caught with that shit, it's like ten years in oh, you know Angola. Yeah, so yeah, wow. You know, yeah, I won uh, my yeah. Yeah, we figured out the uh, the trick with the peppermint schnapps because it kind of smells like scope. Oh, so, okay. no, we're just freshening our breath over here. Interesting. Yeah, I know. That makes sense. It makes sense. Now, one of my teachers yeah. was uh, voluntarily homeless for a year. He had two friends named Karma and Butterfly, one of whom Karma and Butterfly had a brain injury from Vietnam and could only speak English, but only write in Vietnamese. And so that seems like a very odd synesthesia going on. I'm just and I am a synesthete. But um, taste words. No, I, I taste words. Yeah. Uh, lexical, lexical. Nice. I found one yeah. in the wild. Oh, I'm like, yeah, no, I'm one of six. Evidently, that's that's documented cases of lexical <laughs> gustatory synesthesia. So I'm very special. You should be very, very impressed. Hmm, um, this meatball is very purple. <laughs> it's yeah. It doesn't, it's not. It's not tasting colors. That that's the thing. It's like you can't. 
it only works in one direction, right? So it's only words that produce taste. It's not like tasting something. Although I, when I was little, especially when I would taste something, I would then think of the word that was associated with the taste because that sort of maximized my limbic response. Um, but yeah, it's, it's involuntary and very strange. But uh, I don't know where I was going with that. I had crazy teachers in high school. It was my, <laughs> the moral of the story. Uh, Justin's angling for work here. Amanda, tell Eric he needs to have me produce his show. Eric, you need to produce Justin's show. Or rather, Justin needs I can't even follow orders. I, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of do like a, a Dutch treat type of thing there. I'll yeah. produce his show and he can produce mine. Yeah. There we go. We should be in the Russian military. I'll try that again. Um, Eric, Justin needs to produce your show. There we go. Yeah, he needs to. Just absolutely needs to. Yes, he has to. Uh, are you not entertained? Uh, anyways. But uh, yeah, the, the, the synesthesia thing, that's always been kind of like a weird thing when I first learned about it. I was like, wait, what do you mean you taste colors? And then like you're using word salads, which now is going to be the title of there this episode. So. There we go. Yes. <laughs> no, it was it was odd because I didn't know. I kind, You know, it's weird because you kind of don't know that you are either. I remember having a. Yeah, because on your end, this is normal. This is yeah. what people do. Yeah. Yeah. I had a friend who asked me if I was a synesthete because I I'm very musical um, and and he was asking me if I had synesthesia. When people think of synesthesia, a lot of times they think of like you hear music and you see colors. And I said, and that was what I thought it was. And I said, well, no, I don't I don't see I don't see colors when I hear music. And I thought for a second, I said, but you know, words. And he just looks at me, and he goes you say you taste words <laughs> and, <laughs> and i was like yeah i do um and honestly got into the the science and and you know neuroscience behind synesthesia it's really cool fascinating stuff so i'm a mutant it's the most lame mutation ever <laughs> i i'm a redhead with brown eyes i i feel you sister oh so, wow uh... yeah no that's <laughs> i mean that's actually a mutation that people can see so yeah, yeah. That makes yeah, I, I love being a redhead, and sometimes I like to steal the the Jim Gaffigan joke. You know, it's like a red hair, pale skin, brown eyes. I'm a walking recessive gene. You know, <laughs> it's interesting though, like how that happens. That's that's yeah. very unique. You should be proud of yourself. Yeah, it having... gets really fun when you have to go to the doctor's office, and uh, they're going to give you a shot of Demerol, and you legit would stone face tell them this Demerol is not going to do anything for me. Is that a thing? How does how does yeah, that work? Yeah, we don't. We don't feel pain the same way you normies do. Oh, so you and... don't have souls. Yeah, well, no, that's not true. Okay. Sorry. We get a new freckle each time we consume a new one. So. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So there, there's a, you know, that's one of those asterisk and then see the footnotes at the bottom of the page type of thing. Okay. All right. Yeah, so uh, I remember one time I was uh, going to the doctor's office to, uh, to get something done, and he was like, it's like, all right, we're going to inject you with Demerol. We'll come back in about 20. I was like, Dr. Demerol does nothing for me. It's like, oh well. I mean, it's gonna do something for you. He comes back in twenty minutes. He goes, okay, let's get to let's get to cutting on you. <laughs> you know, the whole time I'm tensing up, and he's like, can you feel this? I was like, yes. I told you, the Demerol does nothing for me. So wait, so he wasn't he wasn't hip on the science of gingerology. He didn't. Yeah, know. this yeah early two thousands. I guess this was kind of like brand new stuff coming out. Yeah, we need almost double the amount of anesthetic to, just to actually put us under. Why you know, is which, that? Do you, What's the science behind that? Uh, as far as I know, it, it's got something to do with the receptors. So for redheaded people out there, we, our receptors are just weird. Uh -huh. And so like all the pain receptors and everything, you need to almost give us double the dose to, in order to cover it all. And so. when we do get hurt, like we don't feel pain the same way. So yeah. it's like I can stick my hand like in something and get burnt. And mm -hmm. it, to, to me, it just feels like my fingers got warm. But I can have... obviously see like there's a blister and everything. So. Do you have any idea what how that relates to the like to the to the phenotypic manifestation of, of the red hair or I don't I don't know That's as far nasty. as I know there was uh, several studies on it done and they just kind of noticed that redheads have different pain receptors they feel pain differently they need more anesthetic Wow. Uh, which actually came back to bite me for the incident in 2004 uh, where I was given anesthetic and then they gave me too much because they were overcompensating for being a redhead. Oof. And I was dead for 45 seconds. That's terrifying. Yeah. That, that sounds, it's, being a redhead sounds like a harrowing <laughs> and potentially painful experience. 
Yeah, it's like uh, we're danger close at every yeah. single moment of our day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, my paternal uh, grandmother was a redhead. I, I can only imagine what she went through in her life. She had yeah. eight kids. She had eight kids. Maybe that. Because she could. Explains... I didn't really feel it. <laughs> Justin is telling us that he has a sixth lumbar. Yeah, I don't know if this is a dick joke or what. I, I don't know don't exactly know. what he's. I mean, I know what a lumbar is, but I don't. I don't know if there's some weird double entendre. Yeah, I don't know. I don't Sex know. double entendre. Yeah. Yeah. Fact check that, Justin. <laughs> oh my god. So yeah, synesthetic, and yeah. I never would have thought in a million years I would have actually got to meet somebody who actually had it. Yeah. No. I mean, it's it's a lonely existence being being a synesthete it's you know but it but it is cool it's it's very cool um you know and it's uh it's one of those things that yes we are talking about mutations man we're talking about all of our mutant gifts okay justin <laughs> um but uh evidently the going theory last i checked which is a while ago now the going theory is that everyone is born a synesthete and that basically you're because you have so much uh, you have so much sensory stimulation in your first months of life that mm. you need you just kind of develop a yeah. filter. Yeah. yeah, well, well, it's it's that, and it's also you know how when you sing something you help you remember it. So multisensory uh, information intake helps to helps to codify it and solidify it in memory. So the thinking is that this is adaptive and it allows you to under, like to get sense literally of the world. And then over time you go through a process, it's called neuronal pruning, which is where these neurons that can connect different senses slowly get pruned away and synesthetes don't fully complete that process of neuronal pruning. And that's why you have, you know, um, you, you have wow. weird uh sensory associations that you can't quite articulate like there are things that i will taste but i can't really explain or link it to a specific food um and it's also why some words oh, and because will, you know, smell and taste are also linked to your memory so i'm pretty yeah, sure like yeah. that will bring you back a flood of memories too oh yeah yeah and it's also why you know you'll have certain inducer concurrent relationships with certain words and not with others. So not like every word in my vocabulary does not have a taste, but some do and some are stronger than others. And it's very strange. And so that neuronal pruning hypothesis sort of helps to explain it. Very fascinating. Science. It's like, I always heard of it. And I was like, those people got to be faking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, some, I mean, some, sometimes it's drug induced or whatever. So a lot of times when I'll mm, be talking with people, don't, yeah, well, yeah. And like if you're tripping <laughs> acid or whatever, and it's incense and peppermints, you know, um, but, uh, you know, for other people, it's, it's, it happens in, in life, early in life. Oh, that's just so wild. That's just so yeah. wild. Yeah. yeah. That's like one of those where, uh, people say that's like, oh, a multiple personality disorder is not like a really a thing. Oh, it you is. Know, yeah. And then, uh, then you, then you actually get a story of somebody who does have like one split of a personality where one moment they're like this and the other moment they're speaking with an English accent or something. You know, yeah. It's kind of yeah. weird. No, yeah, dissociative identity, which is technically slightly different. But yeah, when, when you meet someone like that, it's no, it's real. <laughs> oh, Maybe man. I can blame I... everything I say on this podcast on an altar. Maybe I can do that. Yeah, I, I used to have a running joke. It was like, uh, no, no, that guy who broke that, though, that wasn't me. That was Norman. Norman. You named <laughs> yeah, him Norman. Norman. Yeah. Just so happens uh, his last name is Bates. I don't know. <laughs> I... Oh, dear. Yeah, it's, it didn't work when I was eight. It's not going to work today. I don't even know why I even still try it. So, oh, well. <laughs> it's, you know, A for effort. Okay, so on a uh, scale of one to ten of, uh, I don't know, nuclear bombs being dropped, uh, how how high do you uh, give our chances in the next couple of weeks? Of, of surviving nuclear war or not having a nuclear yeah, war? Yeah, or if just we're going to have one or not. I don't know. I don't think it's likely. I think I think worst plausible case and i i'm i'm no i'm not giving you a number one to ten um I, worst plausible case would be um russia deploying a, a tactical nuclear weapon uh in ukraine but even then that would be a move of desperation because that would render ukraine yeah. at least partly uninhabitable which is not what he wants um but i i don't foresee the 
the possibility, uh, you know, a, a real, a real plausibility rather of there of there yeah. being nuclear war. But just in case, I do have a plan for bomb. <laughs> so, I do have a bomb plan. Uh, yeah. So uh, Justin, of course, is uh, saying a ten all the way up at the at the top of the scale. He, he he's pegging at a plaid. So. What what is your what is your ranking? Uh, I'm going to give it probably about a three. I'm not going mm-hmm. to outwardly discount it. I I would think some really, really crazy shit would have to happen before any one of the sides decided they were going to uh, deploy a tactical nuke. Honestly, yeah. I, I think our intel is good enough that we have people close, because our intel has been on point, that we have people who are close enough to stop that from happening if it were, in fact, to happen. And we also do have intercepting technology, which is not foolproof, but it is something... Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I was looking up a few years ago, or maybe even less than that, um, you know, what the guidance is on, and I posted this on Twitter, what, what the official guidance is in the, in the aftermath of a nuclear detonation. And the guidance is that you are supposed to stay indoors for two weeks and isolate for two weeks if you can. Uh, you are also supposed to uh, wear a face covering, one around others, to protect oh, no. yourself Where from have I heard all this before? nuclear fallout. <laughs> and then you're also supposed to keep six feet of distance from people to limit. Oh. So this is this is just bureaucratic <laughs> copy pasta that we've been living <laughs> for the past two years. Oh, um, and it's not yeah. even good. Yeah, it's not it's even good, good copy pasta. No, oh, no. No, <laughs> no my, my plan for the bomb is that, you know, you get the 10 minute alert, right? And so you're in Los Angeles. You are screwed. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm more screwed by the earthquake than I'm than I am by the bomb. Yeah, the San Andreas <laughs> comes for us all. One yeah, day. yeah, yeah. One <laughs> one of these days. It's also why I'm trying to get out. Um, but uh, you know, I get as many containers as possible, and I fill them with water, and I take them because you know you're not going to trust tap water after no, after no, the not explosion. at that point. No. Yeah. So I I go into my bathroom. And I set everything up, and because I'm gonna, I'm gonna be there in, for two weeks. I'll I'll just I'll just be hunkering down, living off of water and water. Uh, and I get uh, all my drugs, um, and uh, that's those are prescribed drugs. And I go in there, and I take my mattress. It's very important. I get my mattress because I saw this in the Purge, and it worked in the Purge. I take my mattress. Oh, if, if it worked in a movie, <laughs> obviously. And I will throw my mattress over myself in the tub while I duck and cover like Bert the Turtle. And that way that absorbs, you know, that doesn't really absorb the fall, but it gives me better chance. This is an interior wall too. And then also it can cushion the fall of any, <laughs> any glass or whatever. Um, Jason yeah. Booth uh, chiming in, hide under a wooden desk and you'll be safe. But seriously, point zero 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 five out of 10. Yeah. World is too internationally connected and dependent for a nuke to be used and blowback would destroy the offending country. Yeah. 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 And again, a lot of, I mean, again, older, older school nukes at least wouldn't, wouldn't uh, completely obliterate an entire nation. Um, I think if all of our nukes went off at once, we could technically knock the earth off of its axis. That's a big Oh, that would, that would just be great. Yeah. Maybe gets us away from the sun. The sun is a psychopath. I don't know if you've realized this, but the sun is trying to kill Coronal you. Coronal mass everyone... e- ejections all the damn time. The sun is trying to kill you. And everyone's like, oh, thank you for the light I'm and the heat and the I'm a redhead. I'm well aware yeah. of the dangers of the sun. This is a fucking psychopath. I, I, and then it's got, you know, it's got everything locked into orbit around it. And the sun is just taking it all in and then expanding outward and outward. And then we're going to have heat death. And it was all because we didn't take more concrete action against the sun while we still could. Yes. Before it becomes a red giant and swallows like the first four planets of the solar system. Yeah. So. I think we should nuke the sun, quite frankly. I, something tells me that will cancel it out if we nuke the, <laughs> the sun. sun's going to get canceled. It's going to find all of those tweets where it said the N-word repeatedly. It was a hard R, too. Yeah. Hard R. There was no R. A. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, my God. Amanda, you are a blast to talk to, and I could probably go on for another hour just about the uh, tasting words just by itself. But uh, go ahead and uh, get your grift on again. Yeah. So, again, you can follow me at Civil Discord Pod. It's not really me that you're following. It's me and my co-host. Cohort. Wow. My cohort. Yes. My, my co-host, Maurice. Been talking about Russia too much. Yeah, now we're going to start we calling go. each other comrade. There we go. Yes, my comrade, Maurice. And uh, he, uh, he and I have... Civil disc- 
and I host Civil Discord podcast. Uh, it's available on all your podcasting platforms, and uh, it's also available on YouTube. So you search for Civil Discord podcast. <laughs> apologies to Masha, who will probably yeah. watch this later because uh, yeah, our Russian awesome. is terrible. We no. we apologize. No, I just I just do the American version of dialects, which is only only accurate if you're an American and don't know. How to yeah, dialects. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so fun. Uh, definitely give it a listen. I uh, downloaded a, a healthy portion of the Civil Discord pod the other day, and it was like going through, and I was like, oh, wow, they've pretty much got their stuff together as far as co-hosts go. So, and you uh, and I definitely... probably would have some disagreements, maybe on on Russia and Ukraine, that would be interesting to talk through. So, anyway. <laughs> And of course, Justin's going to get get in the last word here. I like Russian Amanda better than Minnesota Amanda. Oh, you shut your mouth, okay? Oh, you betcha. I'm 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 not going to get you an orange Julius after this. Oh, oh no. don't you know? No. Oh, jeez. <laughs> that was hurtful, Justin. Yeah, you take that back. <laughs> yeah. You know, I I'm I'm a, I'm a punch you out in the hockey rink later. <laughs> Knock me over with a wet spoon. Your honor is creating <laughs> havoc in the chat. <laughs> wow. Okay. Went completely off the rails at 51 minutes and 39 seconds. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, take it easy. And uh, if you guys uh, go down below, once I get all the links and everything set up, I'll uh, drop all of them and uh, in Civil Discord pods. Links down there so you can go follow her. Uh, maybe she'll get around to uh, following you back on Twitter. Maybe. I will. I will. I work very Eventually. hard to follow back. I do. <laughs> And then uh, if you guys could also uh, check out my links down below as well, you can uh, go find my merch store over there at the, uh, the Teespring. Go buy one of my T-shirts. Uh, also save yourself 10% on a delicious cup of coffee from Lorenzotti.coffee. Uh, every order over 15 bucks, automatically free shipping. So anyways, guys, uh, take it easy, and we'll come at you uh, next Tuesday, hopefully with Jose Galison if uh, uh, Dark Tom Woods hasn't zapped his internet again. And then uh, Wednesday, we're going to have on the illustrious Eric Jackman, and we'll probably be doing really bad Trump impressions with each other, and it'll be just fun. So there's that. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Bye. <laughs>